Joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor. We've got another great show lined up for you. But first, let's give a great big thank you to our sponsors. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 1st Street East in Park Rapids. Investment advisory products and services Services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Realtors Noemi, Harry, and Abby of Team Aylesworth with Real Living First Realty are here for all your real estate needs in Bemidji and the surrounding communities. Whether you are looking to purchase a home or looking to sell, call the award-winning customer service team to help. Please contact Noemi at 218-760-4689 or click the link for Team Aylesworth on the Business Impact Partner page at yourqfm.com. Team Aylesworth with Real Living First Realty, where you are their priority. Thank you so much, sponsors, and thanks to you for choosing to tune in today. It is going to be an amazing show as we welcome Philip Elke to the show. Welcome. Hello there. It's so, you know, I'm thinking about it. It's so interesting sitting across from you because normally you're the one pushing all Mm. the buttons to make us go live. And now we even have your dad here today. He was kind enough to do the engineering for this show. <laughs> I, uh, I see he's got that first microphone uh, live over there. I wonder if he's planning on jumping. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of the Phil Philip Deb show. But no, this is all about you. And we get to talk about animation, which, of course, for you and I both is, is a favorite topic. But let's let people know a little bit about you first. Have you always lived in Bemidji? Let's, we, need mm. to get, we need to know about Philip a little bit. Biography. Well, uh, thank you, first of all, so much. I, and for making me for two shows, I realize what a privilege that is. Um, but, yeah, I uh, grew up in Foston, Minnesota, graduated high school in 2010, and we, uh, you know, used to have the radio station located in Foston. So that was um, a big part of my life growing up, you know, getting to know the studio and the equipment. And I don't know, it, it was, of course, you didn't necessarily realize it so much at the time. Um, you know, we had a pretty big family growing up. There were five of us kids, and I'm the middle child. <laughs> um, I have uh, two, two younger, uh, two older and um, uh, I, we um, were a media family, so uh, we were all heavy into like the arts, and we had a huge like video collection. Uh, you know, my dad was big into uh, taking video of uh, you know, on, on his big camcorder, uh, you know, <laughs> VHS tapes galore. Um, no, it was, it was a ton of fun. I, but I was by far well. I wasn't necessarily the most reserved of, of the kids, but um, you know. So the, there, there was that kind of contrast for me, where um, my interest in media kind of came from a, more of a behind-the-scenes perspective, um, and, and yeah, I really was drawn to things that involved heavy visual effects, like Star Wars. Um, I don't know. I I was listening to a Star Wars podcast earlier, and like the passing the torch from one generation to the next is is always a question. You know, will your kids become fans 
Uh, you know, Dad, he, Phil isn't like the super Star Wars, you know, hardcore nerd or anything. You know, he enjoyed the movies as they came out back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, and then we had the VHS tapes as a kid. Um, but like, I'm sure that, you know, my parents would have never known, like, these, these movies would have had such a huge influence on my life. And there was, you know, one of my older sisters in particular who was big into these movies as well. Um, so, yeah, that just really instilled a love for me of, of narrative, of story, of myth, um, these grand stories that are conveyed in just such a spectacular and unique way um, as, you know, had been una- you know, unforeseen, let's see, unseen prior to that point in you know, 1977, that first Star Wars film came out and it was just such an innovative piece of um, you know, visual ma- uh, majesty, shall we say. Well, what I love about this, too, I love that uh, you're actually bringing in a, this up. I love that you said, will the next generation carry it forward? Yeah. Because I remember uh, thinking about my husband and I, like our experience with it, and then the kids' experience. Well, then the kids almost came back to it, right? Because all mm-hmm. these different things happened. And then, of course, Rise of the Resistance comes out at Hollywood Studios, and it's like this whole new thing evolves from it, right? It's just, it's amazing Mm -hmm. how these things can impact us, actually. So many, yeah, avenues uh, through which people become exposed to a lot of these things that that are hugely nostalgic for the older generations. And yeah, I, I mean, my tastes are very much of like the generation's prior to me honestly in, in music um you know 80s music is totally my gen- and 70s um i was probably i wasn't the youngest person at the who concert that i saw in in la um but one of you know i love that i love yeah. that about you that's one of the things that makes you so unique and so amazing mm-hmm. and that's one of the things of course you know we love working mm-hmm. together on the show yeah. so you graduate you know that you've got this passion for the narrative, mm. the film concepts, the et cetera. What yeah. happens next? Oh, I was clueless. I mean, I was kind of an insecure, you know, very reclusive and, and reserved kid. I, as I mentioned, like, I, I had no interest in performing on a stage. Not the most comfortable being on the air, you know, behind a microphone, things like that. Um, I just, I was kind of just a nerd, like a dork. I got good grades, um, but I didn't have any aspirations to like go off to uh, you know fancy college or anything I just I ended up going to Bemidji State just the closest thing down the road because it was convenient I could live with my parents basically got some scholarships there um, and like I you know as much as I, I loved media and film I I didn't fancy myself a practical artisan in being able to like actually construct a lot of the stuff that goes into this like I I didn't like to draw I wasn't very good um I I like to kind of tool around on photoshop a bit you know that was kind of fun you know I I thought maybe like doing the the digital graphic portion of things might be you know more accessible to me but even still like that takes countless hours of mastering these sort of artistic principles I just didn't really have a ton of interest in. Um, so, I, I mean, I was just more interested in story and, um, and communicating grand ideas um, in a spectacular fashion 
so like writing and and some of those more um, intangible things were were my cup of tea. But I I decided to you know go into uh, liberal uh, arts um, political science actually like pre law. I thought I might just uh, try to go that route and earn a law degree eventually. But uh, that didn't come to be. I uh, I've decided to focus more on a media career, um, and you know I may be at a <laughs> slight disadvantage of uh, not not having too well a head start on that. But you know I'm I'm fascinated. Like if I did work in the animation industry, um, you know my ultimate dream would be to do voiceover you know <laughs> oh hi everybody <laughs> you know i i'm not warmed up right now but um you know i've i've done my share of uh <laughs> goofy voices in the in my car and on my own i love it well and i'm sure you could probably entertain mm-hmm. us with a few or even characters you're creating yourself right yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds good uh, yeah, and my own original characters, that's where the bread and butter is at if if I wanted to get into it. Um, they, yeah. You know, they're casting right now at Disney. I saw it advertised. Oh. So I am curious about this. So you go to BSU. You're still like, okay, yeah, I, I like the writing. I like this. But at some point, you end up in Hollywood. Yeah, I, um, I moved to L.A. in 2015 uh, after just kind of thinking – um, you know, there's entry-level jobs on film sets um, that are pretty, you know, n- not too hard to, to get a hold of, just doing sort of the grunt work, uh, production assisting, uh, just different, um, you know, assistant-style jobs you can get. Um, and a lot of people have gone into the you know, film industry that route um, and worked their way up, become, you know, producers and things like that. Uh I I don't know I I was um, trying to do that. I, my health's not great, <laughs> um, and being on a film set is very demanding. Um, and you you often work long you know hours you know sometimes twelve hour days or more. Um, and, and I guess the uh, the on the flip side or the plus side of that is you know these jobs only last for a certain number of weeks and then. You can get some downtime, although usually, you know, you kind of want to have that next job lined up right away. Um, but I, I, I never found myself getting quite into this grind either. Like, I I didn't love being a production assistant. <laughs> um, you know, this just the, um, the degree of kind of slog that goes into that. And um, I, I mainly uh, made my income driving rideshare, <laughs> you know, Lyft. <laughs> Uh, that was that was the easiest money I was able to make out there in in L.A. and I I grew to actually enjoy that quite a bit. Um, you know I like driving, spending time in my car. It's it's sort of my moment of serenity at times. Um, but I I also spent a lot of time on film sets as an extra. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean I still got to see how how the uh, sausage is made. <laughs> in the, <laughs> you know to put it. Mildly, I and and it's fascinating. I it's you know I saw so many famous people on film sets um, and just you know met cool people who were also doing you know extra work and uh, other behind the scenes work. 
Um, so I, I, I lived a whole life out there um, on in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, and you can see my face in various shows um, where I, I appear as an extra. Um, but, um, you know, when, once COVID hit and lift dried up, I decided to come back here. My, my parents were happy to have me back. Um, so now I'm, I'm just uh, putting in my time at the, the radio station and, you know, trying to get a, a bit of a start in life, a fresh start, uh, you know, doing doing this work. You know, it's pretty cool to have a, a media job in general um, where I can count on it. And <laughs> right. Well, and <laughs> I know thing. I, for one, am so grateful because you come in every single Monday, yeah. do the shows, you're behind the scenes, you're always smiling and happy to see me showing up to do the the show and obviously greeting our guests and i always appreciate it too especially when i have little extra demands on you um no they're not really demands they're requests i think that would probably (laughs) be a better free no it's been fun yeah Yeah. working on kind of this these uh, special projects that you do and i'm happy to facilitate that as much as i can yeah no it's great so at some point you really like you had this intrigue about the star wars the storytelling this film concept Mm -hmm. But this animation, I want to say like there's like this little bug that God put in your heart somewhere mm. about this whole thing around animation. And you started to really dig into that more. I, I remember when I found out that you were a mouse lover, probably. Mm, yeah. So I was getting ready to go to Disney. You had already gone, I think, okay, at some point yeah. in there. And we started talking. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you love Mickey as much as I do. And I was like, <laughs> immediate bond over the mouse, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I'm... You know, definitely a, a Disney fan, and there's a lot that I've sort of, um, you know, done to sort of understand the ethos of like animation. And Disney was the pioneer of, of animation. Um, it, it's so fascinating. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I was never big into Mickey Mouse as a kid. Like that was always sort of esoteric to me because um, it had been so long since they had really been producing just the regular short films. You know, Mickey Mouse got famous back in the 20s and 30s for being this, um, you know, short form style um, avatar, this, uh, this mascot that would appear before regular showings of, you know, the, whatever film was playing that day. Um, and, and then that evolved into, um, I guess television i don't know if he ever had any shorts um made for television uh but you know it's th- that whole industry started out mainly as the the previews or the pre-shows but then walt walt disney and his animation company you know in 1937 released the first ever um fully an- um feature length animated film snow white and the seven dwarfs um, but up until that point, they were most famous for their their Mickey Mouse cartoons. But that was a long time ago, and like an- doing the sh- the short films, you know, didn't become quite as much of a thing later on. And by the time I was around, um, you know, sometimes you would have a short, an animated short film before a movie, but it wasn't that common. Um, so Mickey Mouse was kind of just this, uh, like, mascot in the background. He's kind of annoying. He had this weird voice. Uh, I, I guess his, you know, <laughs> um, the, the, you know, that crazy falsetto voice. <laughs> um, that comes from the fact that he was just voiced by the owner of the company, Walt Disney. 
And he wasn't a professional actor, so he kind of just did this falsetto thing. Because <laughs> that, that's what he knew, you know. Um, so, I, I uh, but since, you know, coming to appreciate, you know, Disney and, and what they did um, in, in um, innovating this medium, um, I've come to appreciate, you know, Mickey Mouse, the character, and, and I've, you know, seen a lot of the shorts, and, and they're just, you know, every bit as enjoyable now as they were back in the 40s and 50s, you know. Back in the old days. <laughs> yeah, be careful about that word. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a. Uh, I mean, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs remains like one of my favorite films of all time. You know, you, which is surprising considering it's, um, you know, now almost ninety years old. I was just yeah. saying, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Like that was thirty-seven, right? That yeah. That one came out. Yeah. Okay, that's too much math to do in my head right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot that's happened since then. And of course, the animation, what mm-hmm. we can do with it has progressed. Mm-hmm. So tell me about what is it about the animation that intrigues you? Because for you, it seems like there's definitely something that grabs you about the animation specifically. Yeah. Um, the, the movie that sort of changed my life was, surprisingly... Uh, Frozen in 2013, and that movie, uh, you know, immediately is accessible to me because of, uh, you know, the, I guess, the heritage, like, I, you know, the, the way that it's Scandinavian iconography, you know, it, it really speaks to me on on kind of that shared uh, cultural level, but also um, it, it was such an impactful film for I think a lot of people because of the message about uh, sisterhood and friendship and um, the, this reunion of, of two estranged individuals who you know knew that they had a shared love and bond but didn't know how to express it and I you know my being so internal as a youth uh, almost never wanting to express myself outwardly in any kind of emotional you know fashion i i really resonated with that you know just shoving everything deep down like the character elsa um you know she has these this ice magic that you know she needs to learn how to control in order to um you know get through her her life (laughs) um but never really does you know learn how to master that and then um yeah it just became so cathartic to me to realize that like um you know, trying to exert control over these things that, you know, you really don't have any control over. Um, you know, it, it, it was it, it was something that I was doing in my own life, and it was it was detrimental to me, to my health and to my soul. And I, I realized I needed to be more open to, you know, to expressing um, myself and ultimately embracing love yeah of uh you know <laughs> of people in my life because i i feel like i was sort of anemic in that way uh i was like the grinch you know my my heart was you know a few too many sides too small um you know that that movie sort of took my heart of ice or heart of stone as you know they uh you know say in the bible into a heart of flesh turned it into uh 
means of <laughs> actually using my heart to be my guide, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I, I was familiar with the concept of like, you know, to put your heart into something as a means of really engaging with something that, uh, that you're passionate about. And I, I have difficulty doing that at all. I was just always so kind of clammed up um, in, that, in that sense. But, um, you know, I, it opened me up to all kinds of new experiences, of just wanting to um, enjoy life. <laughs> well, and I yeah. love... You came in today with your, you know, keep calm and, and mm -hmm. let it go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And of course, we wanted to sing Let It Go, Let It Go. Like, who doesn't know that song, yeah. right? Like, if you know anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about, I love that you're referencing into the word of the Lord here. Mm -hmm. Because there's something in here about how all of these animations oh. and all of these things, when we are looking for the parallel to the mm -hmm. Bible or to the Lord, they're right in front of us. Mm -hmm. And it may be written in a different context. The storytelling may look different. And mm -hmm. yet, if we take the time to just dig a little deeper, mm -hmm. there's biblical context for everything. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the Bible's kind of the ultimate source of storytelling uh, within, you know, it's, it's the most uh, highly sold piece of text, I'm guessing, through throughout history. It was the first ever book published. You know, it's um, there's something about the ways that those stories resonate for people that will make it, you know, this eternal piece. And of course, it's it's just such a guiding um, force in the world and in people's lives. Um, and in my life, uh, nothing could be more significant than that. And and so all these. Um, messages you find, these patterns, you know, that are throughout the Bible, you know, they're what, what stick, <laughs> um, yeah. and, and they're the kinds of things that end up in popular entertainment, you know, to, to this day. Um, yeah, it was, um, let's see, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. I'm saying, uh, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So, um, great, great passage that I even s sort of quoted to one the directors of Frozen when I <laughs> I met them. Um, they were doing an autograph signing, um, and I just uh, it was a great time. I was um, you know just so grateful for the work that they did and you know took my my heart of uh stone i i don't think i said heart of ice but maybe i did <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it, well and, and really it's the bigger picture here yeah. so prior to this point because it sounds like 2013 was mm -hmm. a pretty critical changing point for you prior to that yeah. point what was your relationship with the lord like or did it shift after that yeah that was the movie came out in 2013 um yeah i should mention the the one co-director uh jennifer lee when i said that she was like yeah that's how it was for this guy too and she was referring to her the other co-director chris buck who i think um had his own sort of 
you know, awakening during during that film as well. And I think, unfortunately, he he lost a son um, leading up to the release of that film as oh. well. So he he was going through some family tragedy at the time. Um, but uh, no, um, my yeah, I mean, I was grown up. Um, immersed <laughs> in uh inundated <laughs> with uh christianity with uh, with faith and yes how how do you uh engage with that you know on a, in a real practical genuine way i mean a lot of people struggle um because they just take it for granted um and you know i, I guess having it drilled into me as much as it was um you know not force not you know violently or anything just you know <laughs> just from osmosis um it helped me to eventually grasp like the sort of the truth and the meaning of what that means and, and i think you know we uh we like to emphasize things like you know righteousness and morality um but you can't have that without grace as well and you know jesus is just so emphatic about forgiveness um you know 70 times seven times you know there's there really is no limit to the amount that we should be willing to forgive i mean certainly we as humans have practical limitations our bodies can only handle so much you know our, our <laughs> the the consequences uh, you know or our, i should say our actions have physical practical consequences yes. of course um there's but, something you hit yeah. on, and I just really want to get into this, is that mm -hmm. you're talking a lot about the storytelling and the love of the storytelling, mm -hmm. and you're talking a lot about your journey, and our lives, in essence, I mean, it is a real thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's more than just a story, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a made-up thing. We're living it. But there's something in here about what that journey looks like and how God takes you on it. And in essence, aren't we all a part of our own animated series? Yeah, yeah. Well, then that becomes more um, apparent the more you lean into kind of the guidance that that God will give you if you let Him. Um, because in animation, you have full control over everything that appears on screen. Um, it's all done in post, you know, so to speak. You know, to use film lingo in film, you know, you have live, you know. Um, faculties you have to deal with, you know, live actors on a set. You you need to make sure you have your location for a certain amount of time, certain number of days. You know, there's so many restrictions and constraints. Really, with animation, the only restriction you have is time, maybe talent, <laughs> um, and uh, and money. Um, there's always that money yeah. conversation, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's fascinating. Like learning after after really becoming inspired by the messages in Frozen about the power of love over fear. Um, I, I delved into sort of the process that goes into making these films. And there's a great book by the founder of Pixar named Ed Catmull that's all about this, called Creativity, Inc. So it's, you know, creativity on a corporate scale, which is required for these films because they're massive endeavors, massive blockbusters. Um, but you know, so as, as much as like this does occur within the umbrella of a for-profit business, you know, it's very 
creatively oriented. It's, it's almost spiritual in a way, because I think storytelling is spiritual and, and creativity is, is a spiritual process, trying to generate these ideas that seemingly come from nowhere. Um, and, uh, you know, with, with animation, there's just so much collaboration and back and forth. Um, and trust that goes into it honestly you have to really be willing to step through that threshold into the unknown into the unknown, into the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh no I, I love it so much um and you can see like how these principles are, are reflected in the films themselves <laughs> in absolutely i actually have creativity ink sitting on my mm-hmm coffee table i just ordered it oh cool so we need to let people know that you are coming back next week because yes. as you can clearly tell we have a lot more to talk about right yeah so what i want to do though is give people a little assignment we want them to check out your podcast the Thodcast. Yeah. so tell people where they're going to find that yeah thawedcast.com it's one word t-h-a-w-e-d-c-a-s-t um, and we talk about an- animation, podcast, conversations about animation. It's a fun time. So if you want, you can check that out. And we want you to check it out because next week we are going to dive into the Thodcast. And so if you've had a chance to check it out, you'll be that much more informed. Philip, we have just started this conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for being here for part one, part oh, wow. two, more to come. And can we end it with see you real soon? <laughs> see you real soon. Live joy, share joy, shine your light to the world. This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.